Hi, my name's Alyssa. And my name's Melissa. Welcome back to the Deliverability Defined Podcast. Each week, we'll be diving deep into a topic and giving you practical advice to improve your email deliverability. In other words, we'll help you reach the inbox of your subscribers and stay out of their spam folders, leading to more success in your email marketing. Deliverability can be complex, but we're here to define it. Hello, Melissa. How are you doing this morning? I am, I'm yellow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have terrible allergies today and I was bragging to you like a couple weeks back because I was like, oh, I don't have any allergies. Like I moved to Washington and I have allergies now. I was very wrong. Um, In Washington, everything just blooms so much later than what I'm used to in North Carolina. So I'm paying for it and I don't feel awesome today. But so, so don't mind my allergy voice. Mm, I hate that for you. I didn't know what allergies was like. And I, you know, Mm -hmm. I've always had like sympathy for people with allergies. And then this year it hit me. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what everyone has been dealing with. This is terrible. So I'm so sorry. That's all right. Powering through. Yeah. Um, And in case you listening out there are confused by Melissa saying yellow, I don't know if we've talked (laughs) about this before, but at ConvertKit, a lot of times we start meetings with red, yellow, green, where you kind of just say whatever color matches how you're feeling. So obviously red is not great. Yellow is like bleh in the middle and green is great. So, um, I was really green this morning. I, my LASIK is done. I have great eyesight. Oh, it's huge game changer. That's Um, so exciting. Yeah. So it's hard not to just like wake up green because I wake up and I can see and I don't have to reach for my glasses, which is great. This afternoon got a little weird, and now I'm feeling a little more yellow, but Mm -hmm. I think the podcast will turn things around and make me feel green again. It always, like, makes me in a better mood when I'm (laughs) – when we're podcasting, no matter what's going on, so. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And I think today's episode is going to be kind of fun to talk about. I don't know. Maybe. It'll be a little bit more relaxed, I guess, but we're just going to talk a little bit about what do you do if, hopefully not when, but if you have an email fail and, you know, that can come in a lot of different forms, but maybe you send the wrong subject line, it says test in it or something, or you have a typo, or maybe even the content is just a bunch of placeholder content. You didn't even get to fill it out, um, or you send it to the wrong group of people. There's all sorts of things that can go wrong when sending an email. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, what to do, how to know if your email fail had any impact on your deliverability, or if it's Mm -hmm. something you can just sort of move along from and not have to worry too much about. And the good news is, I, I guess it's not really good news, but we do see this from time to time and it happens to people. So if you have an email fail, you should not feel terrible about yourself because it definitely happens um, and you just have to make the best of it. Yes, exactly. And I think at least from what I've seen and talked to a lot of people who send emails, anyone who sends emails, even if you've been doing it for years, I've heard that when you go to click that send button, like you're still a little nervous. Yeah. Um, you have butterflies, you're like, oh, I hope there aren't any mistakes in this. So um, that just goes to show that it's easy to make mistakes and you're not the only one out there who's nervous every time you click send um, and you sort of just have to cross your fingers and click the button. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, 
you are someone who receives emails, which I think almost everyone now does, you have seen those mistakes come through to your own inbox, which is always kind of interesting. And especially, I think, interesting to see what people do next, which is some of what we'll talk about today. Mm -hmm. So um, I was trying to think of some examples of email fails that I've seen. I feel like it happens, I mean, fairly often, but um, I knew one way to find an email fail is to look in my inbox for messages from my husband because he forwards me any email fails that come through because he knows that I'll, yeah, like be interested. So the most recent one he sent me was an email from some music gear brand, but they probably have a lot of subscribers, probably a very large list. And it's a Christmas email, but the subject line is Christmas copy. So they just didn't go in and fill out the proper subject line. So that's one that, you know, is not going to be a huge deal. Honestly, it probably led to higher open rates for them if I had to guess, because a lot of people were probably like, what? Christmas copy? What is this about? I'm not recommending that you make false, you know, like fake mistakes to get higher open rates. I have seen people do that tactic, but I would say this is kind of a harmless mistake. Mm-hmm. Obviously not ideal. I'm sure whoever sent it felt terrible about it and was so worried about it, but nothing major, I would say. Yeah, definitely not like a – there could be – also, I think you you could do like a triple threat and have like three things that are bad, like a bad link, the wrong copy, and the wrong audience, and that would be <laughs> – probably a lot worse. Yes. There's sort of, I guess, levels of email fails. And I just looked up um, for fun in my inbox and I just typed oops to see what would come up. Oh, that's a fun one. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm looking and there's definitely a few. So some of them are just a play on words like companies saying like, oops, that was close. This is still in your cart or whatever. But there are a few... um, there's a retail brand that I'm looking at and it said, oops, with a heart, here's the right code. Mm. So they had sent the wrong, like, what's it called? Promo code. Coupon code or whatever. Yeah, promo code. So they they obviously had to resend an email with the right one. So there's an example right there. Okay, well, that's a perfect segue. So let's talk about which fails you should send like a follow-up email about, sort of like an oops email, mm-hmm. and which fails you shouldn't, and you should just leave it alone. Yeah. So I think that's a great example of when you kind of need to send a follow-up email because if your whole purpose of your email is to send that coupon code or a certain link and it's the wrong code or a broken link or something is missing so that people can't take that call to action you wanted them to, you pretty much mm-hmm. have to resend the email. Yeah, that's a good point. It would be easier to go ahead and send it to everyone that wanted, probably wanted the coupon code or wanted the access to it because you don't want to have to deal with people like individually reaching out either and saying like, well, I really wanted to use this and it's the wrong one. Like it's probably better just to send it and rip the bandaid off. Exactly. I'm sure they were getting a lot of replies like, oh, I tried to use it. It didn't work. So mm-hmm. that's going to be rough. Although I will say all those replies are good for deliverability. So yeah. there are like strangely some pros sometimes to sending email fails. So if you're being hard on yourself after an email fail, you can try and look at the positive that way, that getting an increase in opens and an increase in replies is great. So as long as the fail doesn't result in elevated spam complaints or elevated Mm -hmm. bounces, then it's nothing to get too upset over when it comes to deliverability. So like on that note, when it comes to something, I think you should not send a follow-up like oops email about. It would be if you sent the email to 
a group of subscribers that you did not want to email, specifically like a bad list of some sort. Mm -hmm. So if the oops was like, oh my, I just sent that to... Oh my. Oh my. (laughs) I never even say that, but I guess if I was an emailer making a mistake, that's what I would say. Oh Oh my. This is my list from 2015 that hasn't heard from me since. And it was not a great list. And I just, you know, never got rid of it in my database or something. And when you sent that email fail, you got 30% bounce rate and, you know, a high complaint rate, let's say... 1%. I mean, that's high. Mm -hmm. So something like that, I would not send another email to those people and say like, oops, Oops, didn't mean to email you. (laughs) (laughs) Let me make this double like worse. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It'll hurt your deliverability even more. So Mm -hmm. that's an example of when not to send that other email, just kind of let it be and make sure to not make that mistake again if you can. But here's a good question to pose to you, Melissa. So in that example I gave where – the content of the email, the Christmas email, was perfect. It was beautiful. They had everything there. The only weird thing is that the subject line says Christmas copy. What do you think about resending and saying like, oops, wrong subject line or just kind of letting it be? I think I would probably let it be. And if, you know, you're going to probably have subscribers reach out and say, did you mean, because there's always, there's always people you know, <laughs> who who want to talk about it. So I think it's worth resending an email when there's something like a call to action that can't be completed or um, like a really valuable link or something where people need to access information or they can't do the thing they're supposed to do. But yeah, in that case, it's kind of like, well, it is what it is. And, you know, I think a lot of times I would say, and I hate to generalize people, but a, I would say like, Oftentimes I've noticed content creators are pretty like detail oriented. And so Mm -hmm. I can totally see someone being frustrated with themselves for sending an email like that and then wanting really badly to correct that mistake. But it's really not worth resending over a title or a subject line, in my opinion, because it's not going to change if someone read the email necessarily or not. And I don't know. You never know. Maybe more people would open it. And in ConvertKit, you could always resend to unopens. Um, And in that case, you'd be able to just change the subject line if that's something that you really wanted to do. But I don't necessarily think that if you have an engaged list of subscribers, it's probably just not really worth it. Yeah, I think I agree with that too. I'm sure there are some instances where having the wrong subject line, but the copy, you know, the actual content's Mm -hmm. fine, but the wrong subject line, you know, needs some sort of follow-up. But I would say for the most part, as long as the actual content of the email is okay, and maybe, you know, the subject line at least is sort of relevant, like in this case, at least it said, you know, Christmas (laughs) copy and it's a Christmas email. Right. It's not like a huge deal. Unless it was July and it was a duplicate email and it was said Christmas copy. (laughs) But then it it might do you a favor and people would be like, why are you sending me something Christmas in July? You never know. So exactly. Yeah. And I think if for some reason you just really hate that you made that mistake and you're like, oh, I want to, I just want to clarify, like I can't deal with the fact that my subscribers just saw me make that mistake and I'm not saying anything about it. If you're going to send them another email to just clarify you made a mistake, add some value, like say, make it a joke. Mm -hmm. Um, be like, wow, can't believe I did that. But here's like, here's a coupon code or something like mm-hmm. to make fun of my mistake or right. like add something. Don't just send an email and be like, whoops, wrong subject line, send. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not like going to 
provide any value for your subscribers and they're not going to appreciate just that little piece of clarification. So I would say, yeah, if it's a small mistake, but you just really want to clarify and explain Mm -hmm. yourself, add a little something extra to that email. And I think there's other situations like that too, where it's something smaller that's not necessarily, that doesn't really warrant like sending another email. But I have seen customers of ours send an email that says something like, sorry, let's try this again or something like that in the subject. And I do think it would be like kind of fun to send like a free resource or, you know, something that people could get value out of. Because I think that there are a lot of times we're saying less is better. I don't know. So I, but I have seen people say like, hey, let's try this again as the subject line. And then they send something along with it. And I also maybe asking for like replies and saying, hey, I just messed up like, let me know your worst mistake or like, you know, something like silly to get people to like be involved in your mistake in the conversation. And I feel like that could be really fun. And those replies are great, like you said. Yeah, definitely. So in a little bit of a different scenario, and we kind of talked about one example with maybe your call to action is broken, but let's talk about if the actual content of the email has mistakes. So I think there are some mistakes that are small and you shouldn't send a whole other email about like a typo Mm -hmm. here or there. Maybe just think about the future and how you can try and prevent that from happening. Maybe have a second pair of eyes look over your email before you send it. But then there are the larger mistakes. So I've seen some people send just like placeholder text on accident, like lorem ipsum or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, They didn't mean to click send and they clicked send or it went out earlier than they expected. In those cases, I think you definitely need to send some sort of follow-up email Mm -hmm. because, I mean, there was just no, nothing that the subscribers could have done in that last email. Right. Totally agree. They don't know Latin. They shouldn't be receiving Latin. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they do, Melissa. They might. You don't know. You don't know the subscribers. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Maybe they do. And you could say that. You could say, hey, do any, do any of you know Latin? It could be a way to build a relationship. It's a test. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, no, <sighs> I've, I've, uh, I've definitely seen those mistakes before. And honestly, like, I've even, back when I had, like, a, a different job, not with ConvertKit, I was actually showing someone, a client, a website that I had like created for them. And there was one small portion of the website that like didn't get attention. And it had that exact Lauren Lauren Ipsum at the bottom. And I was like, no, we forgot that one section. Everyone's (laughs) had a Lauren Ipsum mistake. (laughs) It's so hard. Oh, that's (sighs) so funny. Yeah. So that's never fun. Obviously, if you send out that email, I know I have received those in the past. um, And I always feel so bad for the team that sent that out, especially with, you know, it's hard for anyone of any size, but I really feel for the people who have um, ownership or have to manage a really large list of like hundreds of thousands or even millions of subscribers and you have all that power and then you uh-huh. send that mistake. Oh, it's just so tough. Just this got me thinking. I didn't think about this at all before when we were talking about this, but I was trying to find like large companies. Oh, I got one. Who made a mistake. Like, do you have one? Okay. Did you have one? No, I didn't have one, but I just started Googling because I was just like interested. I've never thought about that before. Okay. I just searched Lorem in my uh, Gmail and of course, a forwarded email from my husband popped up and this is from (laughs) VRBO, which I have realized from their commercials that they pronounce it Verbo and that just makes me weird. I don't know. I don't like that. I did not know that. 
Yeah, their commercials are like a verbo, and I don't, I don't know. I say VRBO, but it's whatever. I, I guess I'm v- saying it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so they sent him an email. We obviously have a, I mean, not obviously. If you listen to season one, you know that we have a cabin, and we list it on VRBO. So he got an email with the subject, internal user test, six months. And then the entire content of the email is, Lorem Ipsum. And then there's a button that says, this is a CDA button called action. Oh, no. Then there's a section that says, destination city, state. Destination city, state. Like, it's all, it's just a placeholder. It's like a template that's totally empty. And they sent it to him uh, with the subject line, internal user test, six months. I don't know if they sent him any follow-up. I should ask him that later. But um That's a pretty rough one, and I'm sure that went to a a lot of people. I'm sure VRBO has a massive list. So if I were them, I would definitely send a funny follow-up, make it relatable. And, um, you know, in this case, since he didn't get any content, I would say, like, this is what we meant to say and send the actual email. Yeah, that's a pretty big one. Yeah. Did you find any in your inbox? I was really trying to find, like, by Googling – Because I feel like there should be an article somewhere that someone maybe did of, like, some of the worst, like, big corporation emails. Mm -hmm. And I I really am surprised that I'm not finding anything too crazy. I'm I'm bummed. Yeah. (laughs) Can someone go out there and make that article for me so I can use that in the future? Um, I will share one story that I think is kind of funny. And it's a little – it's actually very different than the email fails we've been talking about and probably will talk about. But I just got to share stories when they happen because I don't – I mean, in the email world, I don't know. I don't have a lot of cool job stories all the time, but here's a funny one. So at the last company I worked for, oh, I'm going to say his last name wrong. A chef used our ESP, Mario Mm -hmm. Batali. Oh, yeah. uh Uh-huh. Okay. So (laughs) if you don't remember, a few years ago, he got into some trouble. I honestly don't even remember all the details. I never know anything about anybody. I'm going to search him right now. Oh, okay. So he had some sexual misconduct issues, which is not great. So obviously, he was using (laughs) the ESP I worked for to send emails. And he sent out an apology email to his list about his sexual misconduct. And after outlining, like, all the things he had done wrong and he was sorry, he was like, and here's my recipe for meatballs. And, like, just included (laughs) A recipe at the end and it went <laughs> viral which was so funny to like I don't know again like our jobs can sometimes just be a little mundane yeah you know email deliverability yeah. like whatever yeah so it was fun to like see kind of my job in the news because and we were getting all sorts of like complaints like people are writing into us our team and saying you know I can't believe you allowed this whatever oh my gosh it was just so funny I mean obviously not all of it's funny, but it, a lot of people were making jokes about how he was like, here's my apology for... Very, like, pretty insensitive. Yep, all the things I've done wrong, and also here's a recipe. <laughs> oh, my God. So that was a big, huge email fail, and uh, I don't remember what they did to recover. Uh, again, <laughs> that's a little bit different of a fail, but it was um, one that got a lot of news, and I felt a little bit close to in a funny way. Well, it's really interesting. I And I this is kind of off topic, but f- as far as just like what affects deliverability, I think yeah. that's just like really interesting because I think most people assume that deliverability is very technical and 
all about algorithms and placement and, and, you know, inbox placement, that kind of thing. And it, and it is, a lot of it is, but it's, it leans so heavily on this like marketing aspect too. And I, I always just, I think that's like probably the most interesting thing to me about deliverability is that your marketing strategy has such an influence on how things function. And I don't know, it's, it's hard because it's not a science and there's not an equation. You can't just plug things into like, you know, some kind of like perfect scale and say like, oh, this is exactly what I need to do. And it's going to go to the inbox because there's nothing like that. And that's why it's really interesting. It's like, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of other people out there who make not great choices when it comes to deliverability, but they do okay. (laughs) But if it's like, yeah, but because it's that person, that famous chef, and he did that kind of marketing tactic, like that can, you know, complaints. And that's not even, that's not even related to spam. Right. Yeah. Like everyone on his list opted in to be there and all of that, but they were upset with the content. Right. (laughs) You can complain for any reason you want to complain as a subscriber. Like it could be because someone is spamming you or it could be because you just blatantly disagree with how their marketing is. So isn't that interesting? So true. It's so interesting. Another one I've seen actually pop up a lot recently. I'm not going to get too much into it because this isn't a pop culture podcast, although that would be so fun for me. Oh, we would, we would have <laughs> such a good time. <laughs> Honestly, we would kill it, but yeah. I won't, I won't do that. So obviously, uh, I keep saying obviously, I'm like, not everyone is looking at what's going on in the, like pop culture world all the time. But anyway, it's one of those days, Alyssa, I don't know what's happening, but it's just one of those days. It really is. So you might know that Rachel Hollis. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I wish we could talk about this because you know what's funny? The timing of this is funny because I didn't know a thing about any of this until one of my uh, one of my friends. We love to talk about social media and not from like a influencer point of view, but we've just been talking about like the future of kind of email and social media and like creators. We've been talking about this for years before I even yeah. worked at ConvertKit. So now being at ConvertKit and then also just like these situations, we just get really fired up and like enjoy talking about it. So anyways, continue. Yeah. Well, as you can probably tell by how we piped up when I said Rachel Hollis, like we would love to go on a tangent about this, but we won't. All I will say is that she, if you don't know who that is, she wrote a book called Girl, Wash Your Face, as well as other books, Mm -hmm. uh, like Girl, Stop Apologizing, sort of a like self-help guru type of person and gained like, you know, millions and millions of followers and readers and all that. Best-selling author. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So she has been in some trouble lately, has issued multiple apologies. You can, if you Google her name, you'll find it all. Mm -hmm. Uh, But all I will say is that I have seen like on a forum talking about all this, because again, like, obviously I'm interested. People were saying they were going to start marking her emails as spam. And someone in the forum like knew about deliverability stuff because they were like, if you mark her messages as spam, her messages will start going to spam and it'll hurt her reputation. I was like, oh my, that was the first (laughs) time I've seen someone like try to weaponize deliverability. And there's the second time, there's the second time you used, oh my. (laughs) Oh my, I know. (laughs) I'm trying not to, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to do. Uh, (laughs) I think, oh my gosh, sounds too um, unprofessional on this podcast to me. I don't know why. Also, that's probably one of the funniest things you ever said is, that's the first time I've ever seen someone weaponize deliverability. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's true. We're having way too much fun on this podcast. (laughs) I know. Maybe we should talk more about um, 
email mistakes. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so that is something to keep in mind. Obviously, uh, I don't even know what advice to give here, but um, just keep your marketing in mm-hmm. mind and the choices you make in mind and know that deliverability isn't all just technical and machines and all of that. There are mm-hmm. humans involved. I think in her example specifically, again, without getting too like into the weeds, mm-hmm. I think that was actually a that could be a good example of being careful how you apologize when you do make a mistake. And this isn't, Ooh, yeah. it's not necessarily like, again, this is a little bit off topic, but it, it's kind of relevant in the way that like, again, not content related. Like if you say something to offend people, obviously that's a different kind of apology. But if you mm-hmm. just do something like you send like the wrong link or you send like a bad, like a link that doesn't work or something like that, like I think that is just smart to think about at what point do you apologize to people and at what point do you just send an email that's like, hey, here's the right link. Um, right. And just just like not overthinking your mistakes. I think that's kind of an easy thing to do in this day and age is to overthink our yeah. mistakes. But um, sometimes, you know, just sending like, or even with the next email, just saying like, hey, I noticed in the last email that I sent, this would have been a better link to send. So I wanted mm-hmm. to include it in this email. There's so many ways you can like figure out how to change the mistake you made. Yes. And even if what we were talking about is a little off topic, we can still learn from Rachel Hollis's mm-hmm. first apology attempt that uh, was not good. It was not good. <laughs> it was not good at all. <laughs> it was bad. It's since been deleted from her Instagram. And there's a new apology that clearly I think was probably written by um, you know a team of people who could do a better job at it, which (laughs) is fine. But um, what we can learn from her first apology is, number one, listen to people. Like, listen to your subscribers. Mm -hmm. If your subscribers are saying, this link is wrong, obviously, you can fix that. But, I mean, who knows what kind of content Mm -hmm. some of your subscribers are sending you. Not all feedback is feedback you need to listen to. Or, you know, some feedback is not helpful. Mm -hmm. And that's just – especially as a creator – I know we had a creator session with Drew Holcomb. If you haven't seen our creator sessions, go to convertkit.com slash, oh, youtube.com slash convertkit. Um, You can see them there. But Drew Holcomb was talking about his wife, Ellie Holcomb. They're both singer-songwriters, and she is all about, like, feedback, and she wants to know. She's like, what do you think about this song? Tell me everything, like, and she wants to hear the good and the bad and all that. Mm -hmm. Drew doesn't want any feedback on his creation, like – He's like, don't tell me. Don't tell me what you think should be better. I don't want to know. And I think it's totally okay as a creator to like have that mindset with a lot of things when it comes to your the stuff you're creating. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might have – I know I've seen examples of terrible replies some people get to their email that are just like hateful and not helpful. Mm-hmm. So not talking about that kind of feedback, but more feedback of like this content wasn't helpful or, you know, I think you missed the mark here or – you know, even like, oh, there's some alarm if some of you might want to yeah. address that. So listen to people. And two, whenever you do apologize, be authentic, like mm-hmm. uh, be true to yourself. That's some things we can learn. But hopefully the sorts of email fails you're making, it, uh, yeah, hopefully you don't make any. Right. But then if you do make some, hopefully they're just little smaller things, need to fix the link here or there or the subject line mm-hmm. was, you know, a little wrong. Well, and every subscriber is different. And I think it is so audience driven because um, I would say for someone like me, I really 
I'm awkward. And when I feel uncomfortable, I just want to like... You're not awkward. I am. When I'm when I make a mistake or when something is like wrong, I definitely like kind of panic. But I just try to use humor always to like move, <laughs> move through it. So like I've seen a couple customers who kind of made a joke out of it and sort of like, you know, made fun of themselves a little bit and said like, hey, I messed up here. Like, here's the next email. Here's the right email. Here's the new email, whatever. And that's probably something that I would appreciate as like a subscriber would be someone who could make fun of themselves a little bit and mm-hmm. say like, hey, I totally messed up. But again, every audience is different. And I could totally like I would be appreciative of someone responding um, if they had like sent the wrong link or something. And I would open that second email. I would have no problem with someone sending me a follow up email. But I do think that's something we talk about a lot on this podcast is that everything is so audience dependent Mm-hmm. And especially like your content and everything. So yeah, there's just not really like a magic formula for that. Yeah. I think it's good to know your audience, like you were saying. And I think the apology can actually be a great opportunity, like you mentioned, to build even a deeper relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're receiving emails from a creator you really like and they messed up and they send you a f- sort of funny email and they show how human they are, mm-hmm. it usually only makes you love them more and feel a little bit closer to them. So It's not always bad, um, but I think one thing that people do after they have some sort of email fail is they pretty quickly panic and say, is this going to hurt my deliverability? Right. So our answer to that would be, it depends. And it depends on the signals that your fail sent to Mm -hmm. mailbox providers. So that's what I would ask yourself. For example, if you haven't listened to our episode on sender reputation yet, um, There are negative signals that your subscribers can send to mailbox providers, and there are positive signals. There are also some like neutral signals, but we'll talk about the positive and negative. So Mm -hmm. if someone marks your message as spam, that's a big negative signal that says like, you know, I didn't want this email. Something is not right here. Mm -hmm. A bounce can be a negative signal, especially if there are a lot of them, or someone just not opening the email for a long period of time, things like that. Positive signals would be opening the email, replying to the email, clicking through the email. A lot of mailbox providers actually track how long someone reads the email and kind Mm -hmm. of stays on it. So if someone opens it and stays on it for, you know, 10 seconds, that's better than someone opening it and immediately closing out of it, just as an example. So obviously you can't track that as a sender. It's just something that receivers can track. Right. So whenever you send a fail, if you're worried about deliverability, Go look at those metrics. Were there, was there a drop in opens and an increase in spam complaints? If so, that fail might have impacted your deliverability. And I would not resend to those people. And I would focus on sending only to your super engaged subscribers for the next couple of weeks. But if you look at the fail and you're like, oh, actually I had a really high open rate or my open rate was normal. Complaints were normal bounces were normal. You know, it was just like silly human mistake, but there weren't any big changes in your metrics. Then there's no need to panic about deliverability. Feel free to go ahead and send an oops email if you decided that's what you want to do. But I wouldn't panic about like more messages going to the spam folder or something like that due to this fail. Well, and I think it's, it's kind of like when you miss a payment on your credit card, (laughs) like there are bigger things that can affect your credit like bankruptcy and other like major things. And same thing with deliverability. There can be really large, large issues that can have a long lasting effect. Missing a one payment out of however many 
is not going to totally tank your credit. And it's similar to like I had a customer the other day send accidentally to their entire cold subscriber list and their open rate was significantly lower than what they normally see. And they were very worried, which is totally understandable. And so they sent only to their most engaged subscribers the next time and their open rate went back up to normal. And then then my suggestion would be like, so that doesn't happen in the future. Like, I think everyone's a little bit different, but like I did recommend like, hey, maybe you should consider removing some of those cold subscribers so that in the future, if you accidentally were to do it again, uh, maybe you just wouldn't have as many, or maybe you would notice like, hey, that number is very low and that's not how many subscribers I have. So I guess I should check my filters again and make sure I'm sending to the right group. But yeah, I think there's things like that where like maybe your metrics will look off like that one time that you sent. But as soon as you can like just turn it around the next email, like hopefully if it was just a one-time thing, it will be a very small ding on your overall reputation. Yeah. I love that analogy and that example. I feel like that's a an email fail that we actually see fairly common, which is a bummer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's one that if you don't catch it right away and you just keep sending to that really unengaged audience, mm-hmm. that can start to really hurt you. Definitely. But just one, you know, usually is not going to tank you. You just got to make sure to recover right. and send to your engaged people for a bit. Also, one note is that if you are using a verified sending domain mm-hmm. at ConvertKit, that's what we call it. At other ESPs, it might be called something different. Um, but essentially, that means like, Whenever you send an email, it's being authenticated with your domain and not the ESP's domain. Things might affect you more. Um, So it means that, like, you're sending mail Mm -hmm. using your reputation almost completely. You're probably, you know, still using the ESP for things like IP reputation and link tracking domains, things like that. But for the most part, you're relying on yourself a lot more to get to the inbox Some people really like that. If you are really um, good at keeping your list clean and you have a great reputation, then that's that could be a really good fit for you. But it also means that if you make a mistake, Mm -hmm. you're probably going to feel the impact more than if you were to make a mistake and you're using your ESP's domain in the background. It sort of gives you more of a cushion for email fails. Mm -hmm. So just a heads up for those of you thinking about using verified sending domain. Yeah. Well, I feel like we kind of covered, you know, what to do if you, I hope you don't, but if you have an email fail, Mm -hmm. whether it's going to hurt your deliverability or not, and also what do you do next? Obviously there is no formula for any of that and you know your audience best, but I hope we gave you a little bit more confidence and information about how it might or might not affect your deliverability. Mm And it happens, and we're human. So, yes, <laughs> don't be too hard on yourself. Exactly. We're not robots. We're not perfect. It's okay if you make a mistake. Guess what? Robots don't even get it right either. Oh my gosh. So true. Do you want to talk about spam filtering? <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Deliverability jokes. I love it. Thanks. It is kind of scary when you work in tech, though, and like with not, I mean, we don't really work with robots, but you know, <laughs> computers, <laughs> algorithms, things. Don't, I'm not that smart. I guess you are. I'm going to – I'm mad. You said too many mean things about yourself. Uh, But getting LASIK, you know, eye surgery, it's like when you know – I mean, obviously it was fine. I don't know anyone who's had an issue. But it was a little scary seeing the laser hit my eye and being like, mm -hmm. I know these things mess up sometimes. Yeah. But we're good. Technology is wild. It really is. Well, 
I hope you all have a great rest of your week. Please subscribe if you haven't already, and then these will automatically get downloaded. Also, I think one thing we haven't said lately is if anyone has any ideas for future podcast episodes with like questions or anything, please send them to us because as you can tell us, and I like to talk about (laughs) all kinds of things. So it would be really fun. I don't think we've had anyone ever suggest a topic. Oh, we have. Have we? Yeah. What were the topic? We've had quite a few, but we usually, I would say the topics we usually get. They kind of get, I think they get wrapped into the episodes we've planned. So I should clarify. I'm sorry if you've been one of those people that has reached out and suggested a topic because you're right. But if anyone has any like kind of out there ideas about, you know, I don't know. It'd just be fun to have something. Agreed. Also, we have had. Uh, I've had a request on Twitter. I need to follow up. But um, we've had some requests of people being like, I would love to be on the podcast. Oh. I mean, that would be fun. If you are listening and you're like, I think I have something to say here and I'd love to be on the podcast, then let us know. Uh, You can go to convertkit.com slash deliverability to find a form where you can ask us questions, put in topic requests, ask to be a guest, whatever you would like. Um, Send us feedback like we talked about. We will listen. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, that'd be fun. Good call out. Cool. Okay, hope you all have a great week. Thanks for listening. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening to Deliverability Defined. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time, please leave us a review. You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com slash deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover, let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com slash deliverability. We'll see you next week.